What is up, my dudes? Welcome to Olympia Oddities. That's right. Official name change. Um, I'm feeling it. I talked to uh, Vince, the creator of the original Pacific North Weird, like the web series, um, the other day on Facebook, and he was super nice, super understanding about it, understood that it was just a big, big old coincidence, and I just failed to Google before using it. And he was super nice, so everything went better than expected on that front. Um... Facebook, however, won't allow the name change for the page for some reason. I don't understand why. I mean, you know, they'll ban women for saying men are trash, but I can't change my podcast name while one's already in existence. Okay, thanks. Seems legit. Thanks, Zuck. Um, so I'm probably gonna have to make a new page, and then everyone's gonna have to jump ship from the current Pacific North Weird podcast page over to the new Olympia Oddities podcast page. Um, and also an update on Skittles, my cat. He's recovering recovering great. He has an appointment on the 20th to see if he can get the rod uh, removed from his leg. Um, he doesn't have to wear his cone anymore, and he's really happy about that. He doesn't have to wear his bandage, and he's super stoked about that. He's just, he thinks that he's healed now, so he's like, I want to go outside. I don't understand why you guys aren't letting me outdoors. I haven't killed a mouse in, like, a month. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm excited that it seems like we're over, like, the hill of, like, the hard stuff with it, and he seems to be, like, recovering really good, and he should be, you know, back to his normal little crazy wild animal hunter self soon. Also, I'm recording from a different room in my house today. I went to print my outline, and my printer is out of ink, but it decided to, like, print half of my outline, but not the other half. So, you might hear a little bit of background noise, you might hear my dogs, um doing dog things. I'm in a really squeaky chair, so it's not me farting, it's just the chair. Um, so today we're going to be talking about a cryptid with over 300 sightings reported over the last 200 years, as far north as Alaska and as far south as San Francisco Bay, California. The Inuit people of Alaska would even put the image of this creature on their canoes to help keep the monster away. Let's dive into the mystery of the Cadborosaurus, otherwise known as Caddy. The Cadborosaurus is a cryptid that has been seen many times off the coast of the Northwest. It's named after Cadboro Bay, British Columbia, in Canada, where a large majority of the sightings have occurred. Combined with the Greek, or combined with the Greek, Greek root word saurus, meaning lizard or reptile, and I'm sure all my fellow other dinosaur kids totally already knew that. They're like, hell yeah, I saw Jurassic Park. I know what saurus means. Um... I read a pre-K dinosaur book once. Um, it's usually described as having a long neck, a head like a horse, and a body over 20 feet long. Most describe the creature as having a series of bumps along its back. Some report it being furry, and others say it has a smooth skin. Caddy is usually green or brown. Despite some differences in eyewitness accounts, the physical proportions described are eerily similar between accounts. One of the better accounts came from two women from Kalamath Falls, who, one who happened to be a biologist, so that's a lucky coincidence, who saw a caddy near Port Townsend on the Strait of Juan de Fuca in March of 1953. <clears throat> they first saw what appeared to be a tree limb about a quarter mile off the shore. However, it submerged and appeared a few minutes later, but closer this time. It was then that they could see that this wasn't a tree branch, but a huge creature with three humps. It was dark brown, with orange reticulations like a giraffe, which I thought was a weirdly specific thing. I didn't know that they were called reticulations because the only time I've ever heard that word is reticulated giraffe. Look at me with the animal facts today. Coming in hot. 
Um, the exposed bits of the body were about ten feet long, with a long curved neck about six feet and a roughly two-foot head. The head resembled a horse's and had either two flattened fins or a mane behind it. The sighting lasted about eight minutes before the creature disappeared under the water for good. In 2009, Kelly Nash allegedly recorded footage of 10 to 15 creatures swimming in uh, Nushigak, Nushugak, Nushigak, Nushugak, I don't know how to say it, Nushugak Bay, Nashigak Bay. The footage also allegedly showed a few young creatures. In 2011, a short clip of the video was shown on the Discover Discovery Channel show Hill Stranded. The Hill Strand Brothers of Deadliest Catch fame. That's what the internet kept telling me when I was researching this, and I was like, I don't remember those guys, but I don't remember- I mean, the people aren't the stars of Deadliest Catch. The crabs are. The crabs and the waves that, like, almost kill someone on every episode are the real stars of Deadliest Catch. Duh. Um, so the Hillstrand brothers, from Deadliest Catch, saw Nash's footage and unsuccessfully attempted to find one of the creatures for themselves. So they did, like, their own hunt on this show to try to find it. Sort of like a little- Loch Ness type situation where people have gone over that uh, lake, lock, I guess, so many times and haven't found much of anything except for big, big ol' sturgeon. A few people have even claimed to have caught a Cadborosaurus. In August 1968, near uh, De Courcy Island, W. Hagland heard a splashing sound off the starboard side of his boat. He went to investigate and found a tiny, unfamiliar creature staring back at him. He lowered his dinghy from his boat and gave pursuit until he was able to catch it in a net. He brought it on board and put it into a bucket of seawater. It was about 16 inches long and had an elongated snout, weirdly shaped flippers, and was covered in yellow down downy fuzz. Unfortunately, it was also highly agitated, and rather having it die in transit, he decided to release it. Sure. I mean, I would be conflicted in that situation because it's like... If it's dead, it sucks because you might have killed, like, that's my dog grunting in the background. Mr. Nacho, he's pretty much a pig. But if, you know, if you kill it in transit, it's like, shit, I just killed, like, a unicorn, basically, like a mythical creature. But then, if you take it in alive, it's like an E.T. type situation. Where I'm like, I don't want the big scary government having my little friend that I found and doing, you know, who knows what to him. Um, that is if this ever even happened, which I gotta say. A little skeptical. Um, in July 1991, on John's Island in the San Juan Islands, uh, Phyllis Harsh claimed to have caught a small two-foot caddy on the shoreline. She also ended up returning the creature to the wild. So it seems like a common theme. While live sightings or caddy are common, carcasses washing up on beaches are even more common. On November 10th, 1930, on Glacier Island near Valdez, a mysterious 24-foot-long creature was found trapped in ice it was preserved for study at Cordova and is thought to be a whale. In 1936, a 12-foot-long creature with a goat-like head washed ashore in Aberdeen, Washington. Attempts were made to study the remains, but since fish and sea creatures in general tend to be a mix of bone and cartilage, and if they're far along enough in the uh, decomp process, the decomposition process, uh, the cartilage falls away and it leaves a skeleton that looks, it can look like nothing like the original animal actually looked like. In October 1937, in uh, Naden Harbor, a carcass was retrieved from the stomach of a sperm whale. It was photographed and a sample was sent to BC Provincial Museum, where it was tentatively identified as a fetal baleen whale by Francis Kermode, museum director. 
Then there was the 1941 Kitsilano Beach, uh, Washington carcass called Sarah the Sea Hag, who was later identified as a shark. A few of the weirder carcasses found were a hundred foot long creature in Alaska covered in two inch long hair, whose quote unquote description fits no known creature. It came to be identified as a bard's beaked whale, which I'm going to have to Google. Nacho, please don't stand here and grunt. I'm sorry. I'm recording, babe. Gotta... Okay. Nacho, please don't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to Google a, a Baird's, Baird's Bard's beaked whale, because um, it must be freaking weird looking if it was covered in two inch long hair, but I guess that could also just be like the decomp uh, process making it look way different than it originally looked. Or in 1950, there was the DeLake, Oregon uh, beached carcass where a creature was found with four tails and thick hair, which later turned out to just be a whale shark. Which seems, I don't know much, if anything, about whale sharks other than they're big, um, and they don't eat people. Um, but doesn't Oregon seem north and cold for a whale shark? I don't know. That's what I thought. Maybe it was di- maybe it was different back then, maybe. I don't know. Um, two men who have put tons of effort into determining if Caddy exists, and what exactly she or he is, or they, are Dr. Paul LeBlond, Director of Earth and Ocean Sciences at UBC, and Dr. Edward Blousefield, retired chief zoologist at the Canadian Museum of Nature. They have examined just about every animal that has been put forward as a possible explanation for caddy. Some of these include conger eels, humpback whales, elephant seals, ribbon fish, basking sharks, and sea lions. Let's get into some of those theories now. In 1943, in the Georgia Strait, two police officers thought that they saw caddy. Inspector Robert Owens and Staff Sergeant Jack Russell, who I am imagining as a tiny dog, used binoculars later, and Russell saw that it was a huge bull sea lion leading a herd of six sea lions. Also didn't know that sea lions moved in herds. Um, The motions of their bodies when they swam, combined with them diving under the water and resurfacing, made it appear as one continuous body. So you can kind of see how that motion could look like one big creature instead of a bunch of, you know, drastically smaller than a sea monster creature's. Up next is the giant oarfish theory. So oarfish are also called Pacific oarfish, king of herrings, about to come at you with a freaking mixtape, ribbonfish, and streamerfish. A lot of AKAs there. (laughs) They can also reach, uh, they can reach 17 meters in length and weigh up to 300 kilograms. And no, I did not do the math to translate that. Um, they're long and silvery, and they undulate like a serpent would as they swim through the water, said H.J. Walker, senior museum scientist at Scripps Institution of Oceanography. So, also, I could see, uh, I I don't know, it would have to be pretty dang big, but 17 meters is also gigantic. But I think that they, um, spin, I don't know, I'm not gonna act like I know anything about sea creatures, but it would be weird for that to, like, come up to the surface and then chill out and then go back under the water and then come back up like people are describing for, um, caddy. And then there's the basking shark theory, which, um, decomposing carcasses are often mistaken for caddy. A lot of them, um, it turned out to be a basking shark. Um, it fools experts and everyday people. Rotting basking shark carcasses may often resemble a decomposing plesiosaur, so... Call back to Loch Ness earlier. That's what a lot of people um, think that good old Nessie, the OG, I believe, um, is a plesiosaur. So that's just kind of a little funny tie in there to a more famous cryptid, I guess. All right. So in my own opinion, I'm not much of a caddy believer. 
I like the idea of sea monsters, and I definitely think that the ocean is scary. I think that the ocean is way scarier than space, even though I'm not a big fan of that either. I wouldn't go to either one. If someone was like, all expense paid trip with all the training that you could get to go to the bottom of the ocean or space, I'd be like, nope. Born on this planet, die on this planet. I can't breathe underwater and I can't breathe in space. I don't want to go to either one of those places. And also, any death that you have in space is a terrible death. Any death that you have underwater is freaking awful. Like, I will take my chances with maybe, hopefully, dying in my bed one day surrounded by my family. But I'm not gonna have, like, my guts come flying out of my mouth. I'm not here for that. Um, so while the ocean's terrifying, and I do think that there are big, gigantic things out there, I don't really know if the Pacific Northwest has our own... Nessie, but I sure wish that we did. I really do think that the sea lion theory is most likely because you, I've like watched videos of sea lions and I've watched some of the caddy videos and I'm like, mm, I could see that. I could definitely see if you were out somewhere and you were far away, far enough away, you'd be like, what the hell is that giant thing over there? And it just, you know, turns into be a bunch of sea lions. Um, thank you for listening to Olympia Oddities. It was just kind of a short episode, a little cryptid Monday. Um, stay tuned for the Facebook page update, and once again, thank you for listening, and, uh, maybe think twice before you go walking out into the ocean.